More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. All right. We're back on track now. Internet is working. Got all my information that I need, I think. Quote, the majority of adoptive families when raising children of a different race tend to overestimate how engaged they are in socializing their children around their ethnic heritage and preparing them for racism. In one study, researchers started following 116 Korean American adoptees when the children were between the ages of seven and 13 years old and checked back with them when they were between the ages of 13 and 20, the study asked about their level of ethnic socialization and knowledge of their ethnic heritage, which of course was different than their parents. While the adoptees said their parents exposed them to things such as Korean restaurants and cultural festivals, they weren't engaging in more complex conversations about racism as they got older. Here is, I think the biggest takeaway from this white people cannot prepare their black adopted children for racism. They can't, they cannot. I don't think that a woman to use a different example, can prepare a boy to be a man. That woman can like estimate what her son may need, or she may think, well, what do I like in a man? Let me raise my son to be my ideal mate. Just like I don't believe that women, when it comes to Mother's Day, like single mothers always say, oh, I'm the mother and the father. No, you're not. You'll never hear a single father say, I'm the mama and the daddy. That does not happen. I think single dads admit that they are not and cannot mother a child. They raise the child the best way they know how. And if we see that women are not all, and there's variation, of course, before you all get mad at me. But women don't know what it's like to be a man. Well, they didn't used to anyway. How can a white family that has never experienced racism ever, they may have felt like prejudged, but they don't know what it's like to live in a world that will look at you differently always because of the color of your skin. How do you prepare your child for that? I would argue that you can't. So your child is going to be ineffective in dealing with racism because they're not going to have coping mechanisms. Like they're not going to have the talk. Like how does a white family tell their black child well well, you know when you get around the police you're gonna have to act differently than we do you're gonna have to act differently in certain situations around people that look like your white parents because you're black how do you even begin to unravel that now again my perception is skewed because i know of white families that adopted black children but do not like black people They like their child. I need y'all to be able to understand this, that you can like your child, but not like the race and the stereotypes of the race your child belongs to. So you adopt that child to sterilize them of any parts of those detrimental pieces of blackness. And it's based on ignorance, because if a white suburban family that only has a, a negative connotation of black people and black culture, then you're going to want to you're going to raise your black child away from that, even though that is a part of who your black child is. And because people who are outside of the black culture don't understand it, you can't raise a child. Even if you try, even if you have your white family and you raise a black child, you adopt, a, you adopt black children. 
I think even the um the lady on the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, she's got adopted black kids. You can't prepare your children for what's to come. There's no way. There's no way. And then I think because white is the default setting in this country, they try and be like racially colorblind. Like some white folks think that that's an advancement if they don't see color. Well, great. That's good for you because you have the option to not see color or go to places and, and socialize in places and go to, you know, jobs and live in neighborhoods where everybody is white. So, no, you don't see color. You just see people. But your black child that you adopt does will never for the rest of their life have that option. Quote, often we hear from adult adoptees who are reflecting on their childhood and say that it was communicated early on to me verbally and non-verbally was race is not something my parents can handle. Or if I know if I bring up their issues, it's going to hurt and upset my parents. So even so, these are these are Korean kids we're talking about now. So even if a Korean child wants to bring up race and racism, they may face as an Asian, someone who looks phenotypically Asian, they can't even talk about the feelings that they have being, you know, called names and being disrespected because they're Asian, because it'll hurt their parents' feelings. I have never once in my life ever talked to my parents about me feeling slighted or being disrespected or called the N-word because I'm black and having my parents' feelings be hurt. They're like, no, they understand it. I can talk to them about it. They can tell me about what they did and how they handled it. There is not a white parent on the planet Earth that has been called the N-word and then knows what it feels like and can impart that knowledge and that wisdom into their children. They can. It's putting these children up for a huge disadvantage later on in life. And so it's that's why I'm torn, because we want children to be in these loving homes and good developmental environments. But if you cannot instruct your child about what they're going to face being black, then that's not a loving home. I hate to admit it. I hate. But it's the truth. Good life said Bob and a whole bunch of emojis. Four, one, four, two, four, nine said Sherwin, you are so messy. Regarding whatever I was talking about at 1125, y'all know that I'm messy. Nikki asked the question, where is Al? What do you mean? Al from Sherman Park called earlier. Al still called. If you're talking about the other Al, I, I'm not at liberty to say. Nikki also said, you better stop talking to your elders like that. Bob, Miss Shack, and the slow talking old lady that calls sometimes. <laughs> Well, that's not very nice, Nikki, saying that person is a slow-talking lady, the elder. Martin says, I can't read that on the air. And no, Martin, I'm not going to mow Miss Shaq's grass. It's because the grass is snow-covered. Mike from Mill Rose said, she said, for real. 414737 said, me just quoting Pimp C, praying to the pimp gods. He tries to disguise his identity and his involvement in his former life, but it comes out, doesn't it? Michelle says, don't forget to tell us what happened to Al. We miss his calls. Can I tell the people what what happened to Al? I can't. He's he's gone. I don't know where he is. He does. Carrie just said to tell. I can't. He's he's. He's not around. He moved. Carrie said, this is the truth. And I said, well, fine. 
I'll tell you the truth of what happened to Al. He moved to China. And so because he's in China now, he can no longer. Carrie, that is the truth. He moved. Now, Kyle, I'm definitely not going to say. No, you will do no such thing, Carrie. You will lie. You will lie to the people. We are 101.7 the truth. We got to keep it trill. No, please don't do that. Please lie. Trilla. Lie. 101.7 a lie. Don't you tell the truth. Not about this. Tell the truth about other things. Not about this. That was close. 920681 said, Fauci and Obama infested in the Wuhan lab in China that it came from. So you probably wanted to say invested maybe? Fauci and Obama. So let me be clear. Obama was gone when the when the, when the coronavirus came, Obama ain't got nothing to do with Obama. Obama ain't got nothing to do with y'all getting the Rona. Four one four five five four. Another person is asking what happened to Al. Y'all put me in a situation. That's the third text message that I've received today, where people are wondering where Al is. Three three people have asked today. Well, dear three people that have inquired as to where Al is. Al is in Argentina. He's on a mission to spread Christianity to South America. He'll be back in 2064. Okay, that's where Al is. Sarah asked, I say I hate when people do this. And Sarah, this is the answer that you deserve. What are you guys talking about today? I just jumped in the car. What's the topic? If you ain't listened to the show, I can't just tell you all just like catch you up because you haven't listened. And then I told Sarah, we're talking about transgender goldfish. That's what we're talking about today. Wesley says, Mr. Sherwin, I would like to add on that if I were Joe Biden, I would have done the same. Hang on. What'd you say before? Oh, talking about you thought I was giving Trump supporters praise for being right about not wearing masks. The follow up question or response, Wesley said, Mr. Sherwin, I would like to add on that if I were Joe Biden, I would have done the same and issued masks masks because like the placebo effect, your mind makes you feel better with the new virus. Nobody knew the outcome of as for transracial adoption. I think it's still a good thing for all sides. But like you said, you have to put the kids' needs first and teach their cultural history. That's the problem. If we had black history as a universal part of American curricula, then I could feel better about white people adopting black kids because they would know who black people actually are from a historical standpoint. Then it would be easier to share that child's view. Because you got to keep in mind, a black child adopted in a white family, that black child has a unique history of how their ancestors came to this country. You do not adopt a black child and then all of a sudden that black child has the same history as their white adoptive parents. They do not. Most white people don't know anything about black folks. They just don't because they don't have to. We are required to know everything about them. We live in their country. We live in their world. We apply to them for jobs, for loans. There are judges. There are juries. There are lawyers. They don't have to. You can have a white person that does not interface with black people at all, ever. They can live lives in hell. They can live lives in this city 
and live in certain neighborhoods in this city and not interface with black people one bit. But then at the same time, so let's go get us a black baby. Let's save that black baby from their blackness and make that black baby's history our history. You can't do that. And if you are not willing to learn about race, even the uncomfortable things, because that's the thing about whiteness. You know, I love the white people, but y'all don't like to be made to feel uncomfortable about anything because you know that you should feel guilty. And so you don't want anyone to even talk about the atrocities of the past. And ladies and gentlemen, let me be clear. When I say the atrocities of the past, I mean the 60s. They don't even really want to hear about that. And I also find it so rich that they talk about Dr. King, but they killed him too. All right, let me take a break, come back. and People sending me all sorts of text messages. I don't even give the phone number out anymore, and y'all still text. And 833-212-1017, talking about transracial adoption, and it's not the godsend that you think it might be. The truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. seven different conversations going on right now okay fine i got to get back to the transracial adoption issue because it's actually a really important topic (sighs) okay al is on a boat he's traveling to what carrie i'm telling the truth of where al is be honest or don't say it at all Kyle Wallace just confirmed that Al is sailing. He he is. So Al is trying to break a world record. The first black man to sail around the earth two times and his cell phone don't work. So that's why he's not calling. Can we put it to rest? Carrie, are you okay? No, because you're not telling the truth. Okay, fine. His cell phone sometimes works. You're not. Telling the truth on 101.7. Okay, fine. Why do I feel like it's my fault? Because I didn't, I have nothing. It, 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 it correct. He, he used to call my show. He, well, he calls all the shows. But for some reason, I got a different version of Al than other hosts got. But whatever. Okay. All right. So Al, he's not, he's not on a boat. He's not in China. He's not in Argentina spreading the gospel of Jesus. He's hiking in the mountains. And so because he is on a hike in the mountains, he is unable to call the show. But when he. Okay. Fine. He's not in Argentina spreading the gospel. He's not in China. He's not on a boat. He's not in the mountains. He actually recently joined uh, an on Broadway production of The Color Purple. 
Okay. All right. Um, so he actually, <clears throat> I can't, carry out. I can't say it. I can't say it. Because it's going to open up a whole can of worms. Maybe when Al returns, he'll explain in his words his absence. Okay? I got a topic here, Carrie, that I need to talk about today. Now get back to the why are you looking at me like that? Like it's like I'm doing something wrong. Katura Wick is her name. And beyond a few Kwanzaa celebrations and being surrounded by books and toys featuring black children, race was not discussed in Katura Wick's family during her early childhood at all. She says race and ethnicity was something that I was very much alone in processing and educating myself on, said Wick, who was black and Korean American and was raised by white parents in the predominantly white town of Walla Walla, Washington, Wick, who was 27 years old, remembers a first grade classmate asking her, what's wrong with your eyes? As he pulled his eyelids back to make himself look more Asian to mock her. Others would ask her whether her hair was her hair or a wig. I do remember asking my mom about that and she brushed it off like it was like, oh, you know, they haven't seen someone like you, she said. Katura's mother, Sarah said that she and her husband were aware there would be challenges in raising a child of a different race, but she hoped their support would make up for those different life experiences. See, white folks need to have a crash course on race. Y'all don't know how racist white people are until you adopt a black child or if you have one. You have no clue because I'll come to find out that white folks don't talk about race nearly as much as we do as black people because their lives the trajectories of their futures, whether they get the house, whether they get the loan, whether they get the job is not dependent upon their race. It's purely dependent upon them as people and their skills and their resume. So they never have to face. They never have any racial reckonings. I asked the question a long time ago. How many white people have ever worked for somebody black in their life? And there was a, you know, a couple of white folks like, oh, I work for a black person. But then if you ask a black person. How many black people have worked for somebody white? They'll tell you they're working for somebody white right now. There are differences. And to think that a white family can raise a black child to have a strong sense of self heritage and history, you're wrong. But that that wrongness and that ignorance stems from white supremacy. Quote, we believe that God was capable of making sure that the children we adopted would be the ones we were supposed to have. Sarah Wick wrote in an email. That's a typical answer. While we knew it would not be easy, we believed that the deep love we would provide as well as meeting the needs and to the best of our abilities, reasonable wants would be a far better option for a child than being in the foster care system or passed among family members who may or may not embrace the child as their own. So, y'all, it's not an either or. I just want people to be clear about this. It's not, well, we adopted the child out of foster care, and being with us is a lot better than being in foster care. You're right. In some aspects, absolutely. But it's not just your desire to want to raise a well-adjusted child. Like, you can have the best intentions of raising a black child, or in this case, a black and, and Korean child. She's beautiful, too. I'm looking at a picture of her. She is just stunning. But she had to process race her own race and she's biracial black and korean so that was a whole lot for her to unpack 
Her white parents could not tell her what it was like or what it will be like for her being either black or Korean, let alone being mixed with both. So desperate was she to live in a more diverse area where she wouldn't be the only Asian or black student that she asked her mom to go to boarding school. The 2013 acquittal of George Zimmerman in the death of Trayvon Martin left an imprint on her. Then there were the subsequent deaths of young black men and women at the hands of police, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, and Eric Garner. Quote, I realize that no matter how old or how young or what race or gender you are, my country does not care about me and that they did not care about my life, she says. Let's read a couple of these text messages. Francis says, not snow covered. Listen, I'm not going to be mowing Miss Shaq's grass. Is her real grass or her lady grass? Y'all need to stop it. 414552 says, did he get blocked referring to Al? I told you guys what happened to Al. He is. He's he's no, he's not. He's an Australia herding sheep. He went and he bought a sheep farm. He didn't want to tell y'all because he knew you guys would be mad. So Al went to go herd goats and sheep. Ah. See? That's. Four one, stop, Carrie. 414795 says, bring Al back. Is he banned? Oh, my God. It's not stopping. 414333 says, Al was part of the show. As faithful listeners, we deserve to know what happened to our guy. Oh, my God. Now Gerardo is asking. Well, damn, I'll join the bandwagon. Where's Al? 414554, why is Al's absence a secret? Nine two zero six eight one says, of course, you don't want to say anything bad about Obama on the air. Tell the truth, dude, get out of here with your nine two zero area code. How'd you even find this damn radio station? Seriously, stop it. Francis said. There's a filmmaker named Michael Moore who talked about how when he was a kid in Flint, Michigan, he went to this white Catholic church one day when he came out. Someone announced in the parking lot that they heard on the radio that MLK Jr. was assassinated. Most of the people in the lot broke out in applause. It's stories like these that aren't taught enough because white people overestimate how many people in history were on the side of justice. 262309 says, you ain't going to tell us what happened to Al. Really, Sherwin? So I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not losing my credibility because there was a decision that was made about his participation in this show. So I don't, this is not going to fall on my shoulders, right? I'm not going to take responsibility for that because it was not my decision, but I still have to have a level of respect for the decision that was made. I didn't think it was fair, but again, it is what it is. I'll tell you in a second. Sir Chauncey says the truth of the matter is that Al is in the FCC prison system serving out his sentence for reckless disregard for his relentless use of over the top obscene language on a family show. 
He is in the housing unit directly adjacent to the one that R. Kelly is in. (laughs) I think there's only seven words that are banned by the FCC. And Al did not use any of them. To the best of my knowledge. Now, here's the thing. So I've been in this business long enough to know. Typically, if a host or a caller violates or upsets a sponsor, some like an advertiser, someone who is showcasing their products and services on a radio station, and if the content of a caller or of the host disagrees with the kind of image an advertiser wants, that'll get you banned, that'll get you fired, that'll get you canceled. That is not what happens, Al. It wasn't, a, to the best of my knowledge, unless they didn't tell me, it wasn't a sponsor that said, no, 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 we're not going to advertise on the truth. We're going to pull our ads off of the truth because of what Al said. As a matter of fact, all things considered, he was by far the most popular personality and actually his sentiments reflected a lot of sentiments of people that listen to this program. The only people that did not like Al that voiced it to me, that would text in are people that were homophobic. Those are the only ones. And it wasn't even about what he said. It was that they just didn't like him, which is offensive to me, quite honestly, because that also shows that black people are still incredibly judgmental against other black people, which makes basically you know, a bunch of hypocrites. Avery says, I just want to know what Al said to get banned. Who? Nobody said. Well, why are you looking at me, Carrie? How about I take a break? Can I take a break? We clearly got to call this podcast Al. Al is sailing. Al is climbing a mountain. Al, Al is fishing. Go ahead, Carrie. Keep singing. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence in the most monumental moments in our history. Tune in all month as we celebrate Black History Month. I mean, tune in today, basically. Tomorrow starts White History Month. 1017 The Truth Celebration of Black History Month is sponsored by UW Credit Union, Tayback Law, Cardinal Stritch, and American Family Insurance. Tune into the award-winning 1017 The Truth this evening from 6 until 8 for our Black History Always special broadcast by Tory Lowe, Telly Hughes, and Tony Smith. These fellas will discuss the undeniable impact black culture has had on sports and pop culture. They will be joined by actor Guy Torrey, psychologist Dr. Ramel Kwaku-Smith, and former NFL and Wisconsin linebacker Chris Orr for interviews. Again, that is Black History Always tonight from 6 until 8 p.m. with Tory Lowe, Telly Hughes, Tony Smith, only on the new 1017 The Truth. And on Saturday at 10 a.m., be sure to tune in to another episode of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by all of us Milwaukee. Oh, Carrie, look, sickle cell disease can be a devastating one to live with and most common in African-Americans. Denise Thomas and all of us Milwaukee will discuss what it's like to live with sickle cell and what COVID dicks. That's what it says. COVID DX. 
is doing to try to impact the lives of sickle cell patients. So be sure to listen to the Soft Life Chronicles at 10 a.m. Saturday, presented by all of us in Milwaukee on the new and award-winning 1017 The Truth. Carrie, they talking about sickle cell on Saturday. You going to be in studio? We're in a hospital gown. Let's see here. Uh, let's read these old text messages. Let me see. Michelle, do we read you? Yes. 414892 says we want Al. Al will. I got a message to my Facebook inbox. Hello, sure. When I'm listening to your show right now and wanted you to know last week during the period of time that your show wasn't streaming, I tuned into another radio station and guess who I heard on their morning talk show? Your once frequent caller, Al, don't worry I'll keep that information to myself, so stop lying. Oh, my God. oh you're putting me in a situation, y'all. I know I'm on 1017 The Truth, and I'm supposed to be telling the truth, but I'm, you're, I'm being forced to lie. 414690 says, another vote for Al. Miss the bruh. If you want to get rid of someone, get rid of Meech. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of people that don't want Meech to call. If I took that vote, Meech would be banned permanently. Scott says, Al is with the Gap Band. I don't know what that means. Dion said, I'm glad they finally got him. I'm so glad I haven't heard a grown man sounding like a woman. So those are the kind of comments that I get. When, when people disagree with Al, they don't like Al's because they're homophobic. And it's, it's like he's an important voice. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he was vulgar sometimes, but come on, guys. So am I. And we're all grown here. Kids don't listen to the show. Let's be clear. But I like our, our deficiencies as black people to be exposed, how much we hate. We'll hate our own people if they don't fit some image of what we think all black people and blackness is supposed to be. And Al flew in the face of that. So I like talking to Al. I really appreciate it because he would liven up any topic. Some shows, I'd be like, ah, this show was all right. Al would call and he would, and y'all would respond to him and we'd have a whole nother radio show going on. Oh, hell. Look at this one. Dion, the non-voter, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hey, um, I just wanted to say, right, because I hear you say you get a lot of people that Will want me to get banned. I don't hear anything that that brother be saying that's really disrespectful. You understand? He says disrespectful you know, stuff every time, time he calls. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. It'd it be related to the topic, though. You know, I heard y'all talking yesterday. I really didn't, because I, 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 you know, I just got back in town, so I was just trying to get myself settled and stuff like that. But you know, I, most of the time he it'd be related to the topic. If he call, he's not going to jump off into any sexuality unless it's pertaining to the topic at hand. Like I heard yesterday, when the when the gentleman Al call, it's right out the gate, you know. And for people that that a lot of like to be entertained by that type of stuff. See, I'm not homophobic. I want you to know that. Yeah, you are. And, and when I, but hold on, hold on, I'm about to tell you. 
I'm homophobic because I don't never want a man to sleep and lay down with another man to represent me as a black man. You understand what I'm saying? So now, now listen to me before you interrupt me. It's a lot of white people out here that ain't never had a conversation with a black man. The only time they see black men is on TV. They think we all athletes and entertainers and stuff like that. And now they're showing more homosexual black men on television. I don't never want a white man to think me as a black man, knowing all the things that we have went through in society, from slavery on through Jim Crow, on through the civil rights, on to on to, 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 to this day, to ever think that I'm a homosexual and a homosexual represents me, who I am as a man. You understand what I'm saying? So anytime another man can sit up there and think what Alan is saying is entertaining, it draws a conclusion to me that they maybe he's curious about that type of lifestyle. I could be looking at something on TV and I see homosexuals do something, I fast forward, either cut it off. I don't like that type of lifestyle. So if you want to say I'm homophobic, yeah, I have a fear of homosexuals representing me as a black man. So that's the phobia that I have. So for people to sit up there and say me to be calling and being disrespectful, I think that maybe they like hearing a homosexual call and they'd be entertained by that because there's nothing entertaining to me about nothing that that gentleman says. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I don't, now his lifestyle is his lifestyle. I respect homosexual men, but be a man. Even though you're homosexual, you can be a man. You don't have to call it. I can't even make my voice sound like a woman. You understand? Because I don't, I don't play like that. I don't indulge in that type of lifestyle or nothing like that. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm glad because I heard a call yesterday, Michelle and them show, and I'm like, God. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really, like I said, I've been moving around. So I'll I be listening to you, but I'll be listening to you at night when I be at work. I haven't been able to catch you during the day because I was getting ready for my trip. But I, I'm, me, personally, I'm glad that he's not calling. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes he'll call and, and talk with success. But when he jumped into all that describing certain situations and sexual, and sexual terms, it just threw me off. Because like you said, and you said a lot, it was a lot of people doing the civil rights movement that were homosexuals. You understand what I'm saying? With uh, James Baldwin. You know, I listened to the brother. You know what I'm saying? But... I didn't know he was a homosexual until people told me, yeah, it's a lot of people that we might sit up there and be like, they homosexuals, but we don't know because because of they acted feminine or something like that. Because a lot of men that act feminine, that don't necessarily mean they're homosexuals. Maybe they, they grew up in a household full of women. So, you know, but I, I dig what me saying. See, a lot of people don't dig what, they, what he's saying because they didn't grow up in that time. You understand what I'm saying? They can't relate to him. See, he's a street guy. I'm a street guy as well. You understand what I'm saying? And I relate to that. But all that other... Well, however, dude, be talking. I just, you know, I'm glad. You know what I'm saying? That he ain't calling that he been banned or whatever is good riddance. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Oh no, no, I just wanted to let you finish, Dion. You've been very open about, you know, you in a past life, and you, you got in a little bit of trouble some time ago. You've been. I'm not disclosing anything you haven't already disclosed. Is that correct? You. Got in trouble sometime. Yeah, I'm a convicted felon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me. You're right. You're that. And you also, because we have uh-huh. a nickname for you here because of your uh, lack of participation in the political process. You came up with that nickname. Correct. But d- are you a voter? Do you vote, yeah. Dion? I never okay. will. Fair enough. I am more concerned because you're like, oh, you don't want you know Al to be representing black men like you and having 
you know, white people think that Al represents, you know, black men like you, right? I am more concerned mm-hmm. that white people think that you represent black people. Somebody that sold dope, went to prison, and doesn't vote. That is a worse stereotype, in my opinion. So I think it's disingenuous of you to comment on someone's lifestyle that has zero to do with you. Nothing, man. Okay. If you're that secure in who you are as a man, who someone else loves has literally zero to do with you and the relationship that you have with the woman or with whomever. That I find very offensive because we don't have the kinds of lives where we have any kind of authority or any right whatsoever to tell anybody else anything because we are all flawed people. Uh Wait, but listen, though. Now, when you said now, when you pertain to my lifestyle, not only did I go to prison and I did what I did, but I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. You understand? Even though I don't vote, I work, I own a home, I'm a positive, productive citizen in society. I no longer live that life. That was 20 years, matter of fact, 23 years ago. I was sentenced May 2nd in 2000, so that been 23 years ago. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do anything. I don't do none of those things. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm a positive, productive member of society. But because you know, so many uh, of us have gone to prison, folks like myself mm-hmm. that have not, I get judged like I have. You see, you see what I mean? See, you see how that kind of goes both ways? Yes, but I yes, appreciate talking yeah, to you. Mm-hmm. But I got to take a commercial break. But I'll let you say your well, piece. We'll meet up at the Auto Show this weekend or what? Nah, I don't hang out with felons. <laughs> the truth for Sherwin Hughes will be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. I'm once again teaming up with Axe Housing, and I'm also very excited to learn that 48% of the families who purchased homes last year with Axe Housing were African-American. 109 of the 145 families who got homes with Axe Housing were led by women. 77 of those home buyers were single moms taking care of a total of 192 children. Speaking of children, Axe Housing, youngest black homeowner in 2021, was 19 years old. She's going to be building wealth every month while she pays mortgages instead of rents. As I would always say, if you're not dreaming of home ownership by now, you should be. You can get started on virtual orientation by clicking on the truth link at axehousing.org. Axe coaches are ready to help you and your family find the best path to home ownership. There are no restrictions on who can access the program. You just need to have some steady monthly income. Even if it's a small amount, visit axehousing.org today. And the Black-Owned Business Giveback is back. We've teamed up with Associated Bank to help local businesses grow and succeed together. 1017 The Truth will be giving away $6,000 worth of free ads for a full quarter to five black businesses this year. To sign up for this offer, go to blackbusinessgiveback.com. Let's rebuild our community's backbone through exposure on the truth with these ads for you guys. For official contest rules, go to blackbusinessgiveback.com, Associated Bank member FDIC. 4146888 says, I would much rather listen to Al than listen to garbage like Winky Blue. Grant says, free the Meech speech. Keep Meech on. Meech ain't going nowhere. My issue with Al is his hatred toward God. George says, you know what was coming, y'all. Let him get too loose. You let him get too loose. 
He had some valid points, but then he gets wild. Ronnie says, the youngest children do listen because they are in the care of older, the old and older, such as grandparents. We can express ourselves in general without constant references to elimination, sexual activity, and the body parts involved. Sir Chauncey says, Al did more good for the show than bad, regardless of what any folks that's in the same boat as Dion. Okay. Mr. Mahdi said, America led drugs in the country every minute. Mr. Mahdi, like, what do you listen to sometimes? I don't even know which. 414690 said, hmm, thanks, Sherwin. Ex-felon dope dealer concerned about what white people think about a gay man representing other black men shaking my head. That's all I'm saying. Ain't none of us perfect. But I just think it's disingenuous because, look, do you understand that no matter who you are, no matter what you say, somebody doesn't like you, doesn't like what you say? I'm not in the business of stifling black speech. I know sometimes black people can be offensive. Sometimes we can be vulgar. Just our appearance, just our existence is offensive and vulgar to some. By having this platform, I vow to allow our people, even the ones that we disagree with, to have a place where they can speak their mind. I'm just not into censoring our voices because they have been doing that for all of American history. And I know there's going to be some people that rub you the wrong way, but here's the thing. They have a right to say what they want to say to. Now, there's some guidelines. I'll, I'll admit the guidelines are very loose. The FCC only bans seven words. It's 100,000 some words in the English language. And only seven are banned. And to the best of my knowledge, Al did not say one of those banned words. And so this is why it's kind of dicey for me, because I am in the business that is protected by the U.S. Constitution. In fact, being in journalism, being in media is the only industry that's protected by the Constitution. So. When someone says something that might be personally offensive, that I don't care. Like, that's not my problem. Legally, they have the right to say it. And so that's why it's a little tough for me. Because I don't like censoring black folks. Because if that's the case, then let's only hear from people that agree with us, that only see the world our way. We don't grow and we don't learn when we censor folks. Now, I got to speak this piece because it's very important to me. We have this platform so that all people can get a voice so they can have their thoughts and sentiments amplified. And here's what's crazy. y'all. As offensive as you all may think one person is thousands of people will agree with them. You're like, Oh, I don't like that person. Oh, they're terrible. Thousands of people feel the same way that they do. And I want to give voice to those folks too. Two, six, two, three, eight, eight says, In the state of Wisconsin, who cannot vote because he is a convicted felon? My texts were to the male that can't vote. All right. Well, Winky, a lot of people want you banned. How you feel about that? Well, that's okay, big brother, because they've been wanting me banned for a long time. However, you know what the truth should do is come up with a platform or come up because they owned by a rich entity. They should sell some airtime. They sell some airtime, then you would hear from uh, more people that uh, that want to, uh, uh, you know, put their views out there. However, the brother Dion that called in, we do look, sell airtime. You want to buy some? We sell airtime. How do you think we stay afloat? Yeah, yeah, I want to buy some if I can afford it. Sure, I want to get me some sponsors, and I'm gonna come. I'm gonna no, start it out. No, 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 no. We ain't doing that here. This is not WNOV. You ain't gonna buy your way into a show here, buddy. It don't work like that here. Okay, 
like, well, then what's he talking about at that time? Anyway, I was calling about Dion the voter, man. Well, guess what? We you don't can't, know why that brother can't call. Hold on. We don't I gotta, know why my that My show is can't. over, Meech. I'm sorry. The Tory Lowe show is up next.